0: Hey Dave, I was listening to your segment on this mystery game and all the anxiety it's caused you I couldn't help but envision a certain game on my shelf that's given me a similar experience Everything you said in your episode described perfectly the game I'm thinking of and every single thing you talked about seemed to fit exactly with my personal experiences with that game. Which left me to wonder if, A, we're talking about the exact same game, which is pretty plausible, or B, we're talking about completely different games but have had the exact same experiences. Kinda freaking me out, man.
1: Shout out of the cold and listen how the story's told From fairy tales to happenstance, the dice rule every random chance Take off your coat and stay a while, we'll rolling in that
0: deep percent time
1: Hi everyone, it's Dave. Still managing to put something out every day in August. It's getting a little bit trickier but luckily I've got a batch of call-ins now which I think I can stretch over two. So today I'm going to play call-ins relating to my episode about rules anxiety and then tomorrow I've got a few more things about random tables and the 2d619 hex flower game engine including a call in which I'm very pleased to get from goblins henchman himself and i've got another couple of plans on the home stretch in august so having finished my king of dungeons review i want to say a few things about my plans for my upcoming campaign a little bit about the setting and the available player cultures Before I get started with the call-ins, I just want to say a thank you, really. Um, I'm really grateful for these call-ins. They've really helped out with my aspiration to uh, put something out every day in August. And I'm also grateful to people for for sticking with it. Um, I can see the number of listens gradually creeping up, and I wonder... I wonder who it is that's appreciating the content and, and sticking sticking with it over time. Um, not everybody is obviously calling in or, or tagging me on Twitter or emailing me. I would love to, to hear from people. I mean, I listen to most of these. Actually, I haven't listened to as many podcasts over the summer as I normally do because I haven't been doing my commute into work. But I wonder, I wonder who it is that's listening i listen to things in the car on the way to work i wonder who's listening and 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 in what form you're consuming the podcast so if if you haven't called in yet but you have the means to to send me a message on anchor or maybe just a quick email or, or even a mention on twitter i'd really i'd really like to hear from you to know a bit more about who my listeners are so you can obviously you can follow the link in the show notes to leave me a message on anchor you need to set up an account Um, But that's very easy, you just need an email, you don't need to be an anchor podcaster. Or you can send me an email, I'm dpercentile at gmail.com, or tag me on Twitter, I'm d underscore percentile on Twitter. But I'd love to hear from, from people, even if it's just who you are, what your interest in gaming is, how you're consuming the podcast, what you're finding interesting, I really would like that. First up, of course, I've got to say thank you to TJ for the call-in. I think that might be my first call-in that I've, that I've had from TJ Drennan. So thanks very much. And I'm sorry, TJ, if I've caused you additional anxiety <laughs> by, by discussing the issue. Um, yes, I know exactly which game you are thinking about. Um, and actually, it's not the one that I'm talking about. So there you go. I should also mention that TJ is, of course, the genius, the rather twisted genius behind, behind my theme tune. Thanks very much, TJ. And behind two, very greedily, two podcasts on Anchor, uh, Malodorous Miasma Meltdown and Occult Orifice Outrage, which, aside from both being... Uh, really interesting melodious miasma meltdown you 'll have heard it already, but it 's a satirical uh, satirical podcast covering the massive <laughs> massive world of uh, of osr podcasting and occult orifice outrage is uh, i don 't know what to say that is uh, uh, a, a dark exploration of um the recesses of the mind of someone who seems despite being very busy and talented to have far too much free time on their hands uh, but do check them out and thanks for the call in tj yeah dave it's che uh, rules anxiety man yeah i'm with you on that one um it's one of the reasons why i am starting to give up on trying to learn new games is because it's just too much hassle um savage worlds adventure edition recently i'm really struggling with that i'm waiting for the hard books because i think that might help me to dive in again but there's so many bits and moving parts to the game that i just i don't know if i'm getting it right or what i played a bit as well and it's okay but you know back in the day i thought i used to enjoy playing the palladium fantasy role-playing game tried to get back into that a couple of years ago and oh my goodness that's a mess and i'm fairly convinced it's a mess even though people on the forums tell me that it does make sense um and yeah I, the list goes on and on and on there are plenty of games that i've just given up on and i have to say mate uh, king of dungeons jars too much anyway i'm not gonna pull a jackson all the best oh thanks so much che that's che webster from the roleplay rescue podcast so much packed into that minute you did well um king of dungeons yeah i'm i i i accept that that is a game that could have done with a little bit more editing and we'll likely see a second edition um i'm probably going to be editing editing it a bit if you like in the in the communication with my my players as a as a gm um, but i think it's worth sticking with i might say a little bit more about editing of RPGs. I've got a calling from, from Jason, where I'll pick that up again. Savage Worlds, yes! Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. So I agreed, I backed the Kickstarter, I had the rules, I'd looked over them, I agreed to run Savage Worlds Adventure Edition at um, Albear and Wizard Staff Con. I've got a great Savage Worlds idea of a Kung Fu Cops game. Savage Worlds can really handle loads of loads of minis and lots of lots of action on the table but having spent some time now with the adventure edition rules well the first thing is they actually initially on release were were poorly edited Um, i haven't downloaded the most recent updated pdf but there were lots of things like hanging kind of he's when you know a rule had been introduced and then you'd get things like he should do this and you'd be like who's the he (laughs) there are a few things like that those are those are more sort of proofreading issues Um, but then I think there are editing issues as well I think some of the changes that they've made I mentioned this on an earlier podcast but some of the changes they've made trying to rationalize uh, tricks and tests I'm not sure I like them more than the Explorers Edition. I think obviously I'll run Adventure Edition at the con, because that's how I've, I've part of how I've sold it, have a go at the new version. But actually I think running Savage Worlds, I might be inclined to go back to Explorer Edition. I do think it's worth sticking with, though. It was a strange kind of game, it's written differently from other RPGs, but... I mean, you've committed to the one system at the moment being GURPS. I mean, n- nothing's more of a beast to get hold of than GURPS, apart from maybe the hero system. So I might stick with Savage Worlds, but yeah, I couldn't recommend the Adventure Edition because I, I, I do think it was poorly poorly edited and maybe, well, not not desperately well play-tested in terms of some of those new rules. I think, the, the yeah, the way they're handling... Um, well I can't remember what they've renamed them to but, but all the various tests and tricks I'm not sure that's that's better than it was and then you mentioned Palladium well I, I've mentioned this on earlier episodes as well I, I I spent about 6 years of my life I think in the 90s playing nothing but Palladium because I really didn't know much um, even when I went to the friendly local game shop I only really looked at the Palladium shelf uh, but Yeah, I don't think it has many redeeming features. I must have 30 Palladium books on my shelf, peeling paperbacks, tatty paperbacks. I think apart from the beautiful cover art and some of the wonderful evocative interior art. There is really little, and, and some great ideas, there's little to redeem Palladium as a system. It spent its time slagging off D&D, but then, was, then just exemplified all of D&D's vices in an even worse way. Uh, at some point, because I've still got a strange affection for it, at some point... I might say some more about Palladium and its various kind of virtues and vices, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't stick with it. I think there's little there to redeem it. That could have done with some really careful editing. All of those books could have been carefully edited back in the day, but I'm not sure you'd have, you'd have managed to suggest that to Kevin C. Embiader. Often the people that need editing most are the people that it's, it's hardest to convince that they could do with some help. But there we are. Thanks very much. Loads there, Chay. Thank you.
0: Hey, Dave. Jason here. As far as anxiety goes, rules anxiety, I've definitely experienced that. Again, we're not going to talk about game systems. But to be honest, part of that, I think, especially nowadays, the newer rules ties in with Kickstarter and this Kickstarter mentality. And that might be a different discussion. That might be a good discussion if you got on with somebody else and had a, a round table. But how Kickstarter has affected the RPG industry and the quality of products that have come out since Kickstarter has started. I, I think sometimes things are rushed out and, you know, they're unfinished and they're just cash grabs. But, you know, I've Kickstarted well over 200 projects. You know, too much money, right? Makes me think of the idea that anything you take from this world is what you've given to the poor and how I'm screwing that up. But, oh, Jackson coming up. Okay, just to finish my thought, I've experienced a lot more with board games through Kickstarter than RPGs. You know, a lot of times the board game rules are just not well thought out, not well done. And, um, sorry, my dogs are acting up in the background. Um, so, yeah, so board games that are worse than the RPGs in my experience, but it's always frustrating to get something that's not complete or get something with big holes in it that doesn't really work. So, But I would love to hear some kind of roundtable about how Kickstarters affect the industry because Kickstarter's allowed some wonderful things. Look at King of Dungeons. Would that have ever got published without Kickstarter or without the modern self-publishing era? You know, maybe not. Would Games Workshop have published that if he sent it in? So I'm not saying Kickstarter's all bad. But I do think, in some cases, products are rushed out. So talk to you later. Bye.
1: Yeah, thanks very much for the call in, Jason. Lots there. Uh, Lots to get stuck into. I've got no expertise here, really, about the whole Kickstarter phenomenon. Maybe that's something we could... We could talk about more. I think my listeners would be interested in that, but I don't really know much about the, the, the whole Kickstarter thing, really. I've never never tried to get stuck in there myself. I've backed a lot of things, and I've been a lot more pleased with some campaigns than others, I've, I've mentioned that about King of Dungeons. And I think that was a wonderfully well-run Kickstarter, and others have seemed a lot greedier. And others, of course, <laughs> here on Ten Cars Blog, have still not delivered things that I've paid quite a lot of money for. But I don't really know much about that phenomenon. I do, um, I do feel I've got more to say about the whole, um, the whole drive-through RPG PDF phenomenon, which, of course, is I think is linked linked to the to the Kickstarter explosion Um, because I know a little bit about editing editing is a large part of what I do in my professional life I edit two journals as part of my academic work um, and I'll separate out editing from proofreading. A lot of these products could just do with some good proofreading, but I've got no particular expertise there. In my role, that is, that is something which is handed out to the, to the publishers. And by editing, I'm usually meaning that job of reading for clarity, reading for more general quality of writing. And with RPGs, editing, of course, is quite closely linked, I think, to playtesting. Editing is about looking through for the clarity of the presentation of the rules, looking through for the gaps which remain in the writer's, uh, the writer's mind but haven't been made clear to the reader, looking for consistency over various iterations of, of drafts, um, and, and, as I say, linked to playtesting, looking to see whether the rules as written actually make sense and work. And I'm in two minds about the sort of explosion of PDFs. On the one hand, the good thing is anybody can publish you know anybody can put stuff out on drive through rpg anybody actually can see their work in print now with various print on demand type arrangements and that's been great for the whole proliferation of homebrew for the inclusion of writers trying to catch the eye of a publisher remains as difficult as it ever was but you can still put out good stuff and get recognition for it so i think that's been really good on the other hand it means that everybody can publish so you do see some some work that is Terrible in terms of spelling and grammar, and also could have done with an editor's eye in terms of clarity uh, and and you know being put out before the rules had been properly properly stress tested. I actually think the Kickstarter and the whole PDF phenomenon has been good when uh, when you back something. Oh, so Pelgrane Press did a good thing. So everything I buy on Pelgrane, if I buy it in advance, I get the PDF straight away Uh, because the PDF's already written by the time they launch the campaign, but it's not going to see its way into print for several months. And that's fantastic because you can iron out all of those almost inevitable gaffes that you're going to find in the PDF. Usually these are just, uh, you know, uh, proofreading issues, but sometimes there are rules issues which are still there in the drafts and which need sorting and polishing. And I think that's been a great thing, getting hold of that advanced PDF, so you know by the time you get the print, copy it's going to be good and i don't really care whose responsibility that is i don't really care um that i'm doing part of that work which in other forms of publishing someone would be paid to do because i think I've, I've you know you take some responsibility for something you've paid for if i've paid quite a lot of money for a for a hardback that's going to come in the post later on i don't mind taking some responsibility for it being the best that it can be so i think that's that's been a really good a really good thing because of course being produced by a big company. Um, you know, even the World of Darkness stuff, or as I mentioned in a previous episode, even some of the D&D stuff being, being produced even by wizards didn't mean that things were gonna go out without quite significant gaffes. There always seemed to be errata. Um, I remember I got hold of Changeling the Lost, so I'm gonna name one, Changeling the Lost, uh, for New World of Darkness. Um, and that was that was broken in some quite serious ways. There were various entities and factions which were named, which were then never explained. They were missing from the glossary. Obviously, somewhere along the line in the drafting, these quite significant entities were just kind of dropped, but various mentions of them weren't dropped. The rules for entering the hedge were quite clearly broken. Um, but that was already there, you know, you would paid your money, you got the big hardback, and there were elements of the game that were just quite clearly broken. I found that frustrating. So I really like... Um, the PDF explosion for that reason and the PDF prior to print. Yeah, but I'm keen to, keen to hear other people's thoughts on that. And if you've got more to say about Kickstarters, Jason, maybe that's something we'll arrange. We'll have a chat about that. I think people would be interested. Thanks for the call in. Nice to hear someone else getting aggro from their dogs. <laughs> Our puppy Eddie is six months now, which I think makes him something like a teenager he's enjoying nothing better at the moment than sinking his little teeth into my, into my Achilles tendon <laughs> um, yeah we're having a bit of trouble with that we'll get through it <laughs> so I'll probably wind up there there's a few things to think about a few things people might want to call in about I think that issue of editing RPGs is a tricky one um, I happen to do it professionally not for rpgs in the academic sphere i've got no great design chops um but would always happily have done it for people (laughs) because it's my hobby um i know there's all of that uh, issue around people getting paid appropriately for their work but i don't think with a lot of with a lot of the games that that's the issue, you know, especially if you've, if you've got your Kickstarter funded, it's not massively expensive to get someone in for a day or so to just really give your game a good going over and tell you what you need to do with it. But I think that the harder issue is actually telling people that they need editing. I think that's quite a hard thing. It shouldn't be a hard thing to hear. Nothing I've written has ever gone unedited. and, and, you know, things like spelling and grammar, some people struggle with it more than others. Just get some help with it. But it's a hard thing to to tell people or for people to realise about their own work. Um, I know that from my own experience. It's really hard. Um, even when I know stuff needs edited, it's very hard for me to see what kind of edits it needs or who's the best person to help out with it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just keen to hear what, 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 what more people have to say about that. And, and thanks very much for the, for the call-ins. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact
0: Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.